right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Let's Get It. Chase Martas, Justin Helms back with you here on Tuesday, October 19th. Big show for you today. A lot of a lot of stuff going on right now. The NBA is starting back up this week. The Hawks' first game is Thursday against the Mavs in Dallas. Yep. The first NBA games are tonight. Oh, that's right. Who's playing? Uh, Bucks and Nets, and then Warriors and Lakers. You know, they want the big ones. Oh, of course. Of course. Will Kyrie be playing? No. Of course. (laughs) Something we'll talk about. Yeah. Yeah, it is something to talk about. It's a lot to talk about. Uh, Coming up on this episode of Let's Get It, we're going to talk about the Coach Ogeron news there at LSU. He is they agreed to part ways after this season. A lot of bizarre stories and stuff going on with him. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk. We're going to update our weekly rankings. Another top team goes down. Iowa went down Saturday against Purdue, pretty badly, twenty-four to seven. I mean, at home. I never really bought into Iowa, but. We're going to update our top four rankings and then do a little NBA talk at the end of the show. But before we do, we want to remind you guys, you could follow us on Twitter at LGI underscore podcasts, as well as TikTok, which is the yes. same um, username. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, among others. Okay, so let's go ahead and do our weekly segment that I forgot to mention. What did we learn this week? Justin, what did you learn this week? I'm going to go with Bama, and that's no surprise. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with Bama. Well, me learning that Saban is getting to a point where he is just very, very stubborn. Like, And it is just absolutely ridiculous to me. Week after week, I watched the Georgia defense just look better and better, just completely shutting out people. Like, when someone catches the ball, 11 hats fly to the ball, like, just doing pass rush, like, pass defense. You can't even rush three yards on them. And then I just watched Bama's defense, and they made a little bit of changes. DeMarco Hellams, one of the players that I complained about (laughs) tirelessly, um, finally got benched. Uh, Daniel Wright is back in and I think that was because Daniel Wright was actually hurt but they weren't saying that was the reason why like they were just basically making it seem like he was on the depth chart like that but he came back and all this other stuff but it's just nothing's changed that Alabama defense is not getting any better Saban is not choosing to do anything different within the defense I mean it's 49 to 9 and and like but if you watch like this Sewer doesn't tell the story of the game. Like, there's still just open receivers and and things like that. Like, I'm telling you, like, excuse me. And you could really see that, like, even, like I said, in the Southern Miss and Mercer games and games like that. Like, you can just see the little things here and there where it's like, okay, now if we play a better team, they're going to expose that. And I can still see that in Mississippi State. Like, and this is why I said, I don't care how bad. Alabama beats Mississippi State. You guys can go back and listen to the last show. I said this exactly. I do not care how bad Alabama beats them. They whoop them, whatever. If if they go out doing the same mistakes and the same things they were doing the whole season and then and they don't fix anything, like I it's not gonna matter to me. Like they're gonna come out and they were angry and they whooped up on Mississippi State. Like, cool. 
but I didn't see anything get fixed defensively to me. Offensively, they got better. I'll give them that. Defensively, I don't I don't think anything's changed. I think if we go up in, up against a better team, you'll see another result like AM. Like I know how you feel. Georgia's defense gave up two touchdowns on Saturday. So I'm feeling that same struggle bus that you're feeling. I wish I could flick you off on camera. <laughs> I I did not watch the Alabama Mississippi State game. I did not go back and watch it. I was too busy watching the Braves walk it off against the Dodgers on Saturday night. Two wins away. Our show dropped yesterday of mm-hmm. a baseball show going over the championship series, what we have seen from the first two games, as well as what is what we expect to happen throughout the rest of the league championship series, the race for the pennant. But I'm going to go to the NBA for my what did I learn this week. I learned this week that certain players, i.e. Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, will do anything they can. Well, I'm going to stick with Ben Simmons for this. He will do anything he can to not get better. He had, he had the most embarrassing playoffs that I have ever seen from an NBA player in my lifetime from anybody in my lifetime it was the most embarrassing thing that you could ever imagine it is it was a dark cloud just over him the entire time and he still chooses not to get better he still chooses to um not practice to not show up to coaching to just be completely disinterested i don't know what is in his head if he's just nervous about trying to get better or if he just doesn't know where to start. But, I mean, how could you be so egotistical that you're not going to take any sort of coaching whatsoever after the disaster, any sort of help whatsoever after the disastrous playoffs that you had? And, and we get these videos every offseason. We've talked about before that he comes out and he takes all those crazy shots where he's, he's making threes and, and, and doing step backs and all this other stuff. And then we never see any of that or close to any of that in season, like, which is insane. And I think just to add to your point, like there was even before the news that dropped today about him getting kicked out of practice and being suspended and everything like that. He, there was a video that came out like what, like yesterday or two days ago of him practicing with the team and literally just watching the video, like, I don't know. I might be able to show it or something if we share screen. I don't, I don't know if we have time for that, actually. But if if y'all go look up Ben Simmons on Twitter, you can see it. And he doesn't even look like he's giving effort. Like, you can just see, like, he does not want to be there. And the 76ers did this to themselves. They did. They did. They did this to themselves. They had the chance to trade him. I'm sure a team Multiple. such as Indiana or one of those other small market teams, even like a San Antonio, Maybe a San Antonio, I don't know. But people have been saying Portland would love to have him. They would take that contract. I mean, Philadelphia was smart. Philadelphia was gonna have to give a little for Ben Simmons. If they wanted to get all of that contract off, they were gonna have to take less players, they were gonna have to get less less value from draft picks. You're not gonna get a first round pick for them especially if you're getting rid of that entire four-year, over $100 million contract for Ben Simmons. 
we'll talk about more about it later. Yeah, I want to. I I don't want to. I don't want to get all of it out right now. I just I just am in shock that I don't know why I'm in shock, but I just am in shock mm-hmm. that after the worst playoff performance I've ever seen in any sport in my life, <laughs> that man still refuses to get any better. Yeah. Okay, let's just go to college football first, then we'll come back to the NBA. Cape news broke Sunday, the day after LSU beat Florida 49 to 42, that Coach O is out at LSU after this season. I am not shocked. I think I called it on one of our early shows. I thought it was going to be at the end of the season. I guess technically it is because he is um, not leaving until the end of the season, but he, there's just so much bizarreness coming out about how mm-hmm. coaches don't want to play for him or coach for him. Players don't really want to play for him. I, did you hear the news about, so he got, I told you a couple months ago that he got the divorce from his wife just a couple weeks after the national championship. Yep. And then the weirdest thing he's, well, he's a single man for the first time in 23 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he does what any single man would do after that. He's chasing every woman that he possibly can, regardless of age. Running down Louisiana, running every adult woman, regardless of age. I should yeah, take, taking over Louisiana, taking over the boot, Mr. Woman Slayer. Like he's going. And I think what really summed it up, we both saw the same TikTok of the guy who really like explained it well. Like they said he was bringing women around the facility, allowing their kids to participate and help in practice in drills. They're in the team room, team meetings, and stuff like that. And like, he just basically like lost control. Like he has no respect for like the, the sanctity of like, this is a football team. And like, you're supposed to be, this is work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Talk this about is your a job. So yeah, exactly. And sim. Sim. Yeah, exactly. Doing and that's it. the other thing I thought of was like, dude, like you're the, you just won a national championship. You don't have to bring these women and their kids around the team to do what you want to do. If that's what you're trying to do and stuff like that. But like at the same time, like I don't, it's just, it's just, I don't know how in his head he can think like this is okay and think that you're not going to get in trouble for this. Like, and that is, that's insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, so there's a story, one of the big stories that comes out, there is a woman at a convenience store that he walks into. Mm-hmm. He goes up and hits on her. She's in workout clothes and she's pregnant. And he said, she said, I'm pregnant and I'm married. And she, he was like, why does that matter? Little does he know that that woman is what that woman's husband is a very high up individual in the LSU, uh, board of trustees. So he has that going. He has that. It was already, already that going on along with losing all of his star players along with divorcing his wife, along with all of the allegations that went on. Yes, it was during the less miles era, but they're all coming up to bite him. There's of course the offensive line coach that is suing him. There is, all of the players transferring. I believe that from the 2020 class, 
six of his top 10 recruits from that class have already transferred. Yeah, it's, it's not looking good for them. And they already got hit with all the fines and, and all the stuff from the NCAA when they got in trouble. So it's, yeah. And then on top of that, Stingley's hurt, like people getting hurt and everything like that. Like it's just right now is not a good time for Ardron. Like at first it came out that he was just fired. And then it came out that they'll wait till the end of the season, which I think they could really go either way. I don't, I, I don't think people would really trip if they fired him now. Honestly, he's at the point where you've heard all the stories and everything like that. Like you have, just cause and reason to do it is just a matter of do you have things in place to deal with that in the middle of a season so he, he caught lightning in a bottle in 2019 but other than that he really has not been that great at Ole Miss he was a disaster and there were reports of him at Ole Miss being very difficult to work with and work for yep. during that time and he's had a couple of different interim head coaching opportunities didn't get the USC job, ended up getting the LSU job as sort of a, I think they wanted Tom Herman, but he ended up accepting the Texas job at that point. And Ed Ogeron was sort of just the next man up. And like we said, he caught lightning in a bottle. Joe Burrow had an unbelievable season, one of the best seasons that has been during our lifetime, at least. And other than that, he's just an average head coach. He always has been. He's never he's never been a coordinator. He's only been a position coach and a head coach. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. It'll be interesting to see where LSU goes through this. Um, there is a name just off the top of your head that LSU goes with, who would you choose? I don't, I don't even know. I'm not sure I can think of any one off the top of my head right now. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe one of the coordinators from Georgia, honestly, maybe, maybe um, what's his name? Dan Lanning or Todd Monken. Monken. Yeah. Then maybe Monken, maybe him, but I don't know. Cause I know in sec, they like to stay within sec, like to take coordinators from each other. I realized that, but I can't think of any names that come to mind off the bat. What about Mel Tucker? You think that could be an interesting name? You see him leaving Michigan state. They're doing good right now. They're undefeated. So I don't, I don't think that he would leave Michigan state or yeah, they're undefeated. Yeah, they didn't lose their last game. So, yeah, I don't That's think you would. Ten. Yeah, exactly. Right now, they are they control their own destiny. They can go possibly go playoffs. But, um, no, nah, I don't I don't see him leaving them. I think maybe a name that you might hear about, maybe Pruitt, maybe. Jeremy like Pruitt? I don't know. I'm no just way. throwing out names. I can't think of anyone <laughs> right now off the top of my head. I'm kind of blanking, honestly. I just, I don't know. I said a couple of weeks ago, and I really want it to happen. Billy Napier from Louisiana. Oh yeah, that would be that would be a really good fit. I think he put his name in the hat for like there. four jobs by now. Like, and I feel like the LSU job could be his dream job. I don't know much about him personally, like who because he's turned down the Auburn job. He turned down the Tennessee job. Yeah, uh, I want to say he turned down one or two more South Carolina. I want to say he turned down. 
but I think LSU could be one that he just can't turn down. And I don't know if LSU will want to go splashy. I think LSU needs a completely new staff, mm-hmm. but um, they might try to go with a bigger name. You're right. I think, I think Todd Monken will be gone after within the next two years at Georgia. I don't think that he goes to LSU personally. I think he would go to, I don't know, maybe a Big Ten or a Big or a Pac-12 school at first. Yeah, but should be interesting. I I am shocked at just two years later it's come down to this that Ed Ogeron is already leaving it seemed like he had found his place he had finally gotten like his dream job and stuff yeah it seemed like that was the perfect spot for him yeah it... maybe venables maybe finally leaves clemson since they're oh, not that would be interesting now. yeah After... they've tried to pull him away a lot but they keep they keep they basically do the same thing that bama was doing with uh kirby just basically up in his salary every time someone else tries to take him and right. I swear, I swear he makes more than Kirby as a defensive coordinator. I don't he have let me let me look amount. at Brent Venable's salary. It's it's right insane. Now. I already know. Because I, I remember know, Kirby I was making insane. more than some head coaches when he was a defensive coordinator at Bama. So I already know Venables is doing that. Okay. But right now I'm looking at a list no, of Venables. Doesn't. He earns two point two million a year. So Right now, I'm looking at a list. They have both coordinators for Clemson, Tony Elliott and Venables. Um, Mike Elko, defensive coordinator for A&M. They have Lanning and Monken on here. Offensive coordinator for Oregon. So they have, a, they have a good bit of people on here that they can choose from, especially from the SEC, that they can just go in conference of guys that they know and played against. So, Yeah, well – Let's move on into our college football rankings. Like we said, another top team goes down. Iowa goes down this weekend. Cincinnati continues to dominate all of their teams. Georgia with another dominant win over Kentucky. Alabama wins over Mississippi State. Not a lot has changed other than Iowa. I told you I never really bought into Iowa. It was just always sketched. Yes, they had the defense. But they've never really – they've always just been good and not great. They've had some – they have huge wins at home a lot because that's a tough place to play. But they, they're they always just around that 9-3, and 8-4 and, four, eight and four type team that can surprise you. The only reason I started to believe in Iowa a little bit was because they beat Penn State. And, and But when you go back and look at this game, something that I said in last week's show, Penn State – was down their quarterback. They were playing with their second string quarterback, like for majority of that game, especially I know for the full second half, I can't remember for any of the first half, but he just, so I think that was a big factor in that. And then, like you said, Iowa has amazing defense right now, but offensively they just are not like, I don't think they know quite (laughs) what they want to do for sure. Remember when I said last year, Auburn doesn't know what they want to do on offense. I don't think Iowa I think really like Iowa does not know what they want. I don't to think they've on. ever really known. <laughs> it, it's, it's been the same thing every year. So, and that showed this game because they're like, hold, like to hold a game to a team to only three touchdowns, like 
you should be able to beat that being a top four team. So I can't even say their defense let it up. And when your offense is going out there and giving three and outs every time, your defense is going to give up something. So their offense kind of failed them. I, I believe them for a second, but yeah, they proved that they weren't there. So they are out of the top four, obviously. Your top are both of our top teams are the same. Georgia, another dominant win on Saturday. Of course, they did give up two touchdowns, like I said. Um, so I hope every single one of those guys goes pro after this year. I'm just kidding. I hope all of them stay and we do the same thing again next year. I saw, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah tweet something like, I'm watching, I'm watching tape on Georgia's defense, draft them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that same draft, or I saw that same tweet too. I think I, I retweeted it on the LGI page, mm-hmm. but it, it's true. I mean, two, giving up two touchdowns felt shocking again. It was yeah. like Kentucky's a good team too. Spoiled. Kentucky, Kentucky played well, but the in, most interesting thing is Chris Rodriguez was the highest or the best. He was the best runner in the sec in terms of stats and he was held to seven carries for seven yards on the afternoon they weren't even trying to run they didn't want to like but there georgia is at number one our number two our second and our second and fourth teams i should say are different you have i have cincinnati at number two you have who I have Oklahoma, and that's because I think Lincoln Riley has finally figured it out. Spencer Rattler is not the guy. They went out there with they went out there with um, Caleb Williams last game, and they looked good. It, they struggled for a little bit, but it not really much. Once it hit halftime, and then really once it hit like third quarter, it was done. And that's the first time I've seen Oklahoma do that this season. I've, this is the first time where I haven't seen them go into the fourth quarter other than I can't remember who it was that they completely whooped by like 70 in the beginning of the season. I want to say it was um, it was Western Carolina. Other than that game, this is the first time where they haven't had to play like a fourth quarter game, like going back and forth like it was close and scary. And that was because Caleb Williams is in the game and their offense runs better because that way. Their defense still not it, gave up 30 but like we said in the past, good in college football, it's good offense and then defense that gets you by. Right now, Georgia's the only team defying that, but I think Oklahoma is fitting that mold again. So I think they actually shoot up because to me, just with Caleb Williams, it makes them a better team. So that's well, why Caleb Williams, they just, they are, it's, it's like they, be, they believe in him more and they buy into him more. I've seen, I saw a couple videos of Spencer Rattler from back in high I I really want to see him on QB1 under the lights just to see how cocky and how awful he was but I already saw what I needed to see from him in the videos that I saw just how much of a jerk and what was he doing really just put he puts down his teammates just tells them how awful they are and instead of building them up the guy's like I want you to build me up you're our leader and He's all, he said, basically, like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I, I'm telling you what I see. I call how I see it, and I don't have word for word what he said, but it was all that I needed to hear mm-hmm. to say 
He's not the number one pick anymore. The only way he's going to be having a new home next year is if he goes into the transfer portal. It won't be because he's buying a multi-million dollar mansion after being the number one pick. And and do you remember why I said I think he's going to transfer? Um, I don't. Clemson. You think he's going to Clemson? Their quarterback is terrible. DJ Ui Vui, whatever Ui. Ui Ungalale. Ui Ungalale. God, yes. you, you killed that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but DJ Ui Ungalale, yeah. He is not it, man. And that is like, I think that is a very large reason for why their team is not good this year. Along with their defense is also just not as much talent. I mean, as, as a whole, their team their team just doesn't have as much talent. Running back, defense, everything. So I think they need to restock. But I think it all does start with DJ Ui Ungvalet. Like, he's just absolutely not it. Like, he is not helping their case. So I would not be surprised to see them try to get a transfer. They've done this before. They took in Kelly Bryant. You remember from um, Ole Miss? I do, yeah. Ole Miss. They took him in whenever Drew Locke came in and basically took his job. So – I'm, I just would not be surprised. I saw some people on, on Twitter saying something like Dabo doesn't like the transfer portal or Dabo doesn't like, um, Dabo like, doesn't like a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, but he's still going to do it. He already did it with Kelly Bryant. So I don't, I don't, I don't, that means nothing to me. So I think I would not be surprised to see DJ. I mean, not DJ Spencer Rattler end up there and then maybe DJ end up somewhere else, or at least make it a quarterback competition for some time. But there were there were a couple of schools that I saw. Yeah, they Spencer made a Rattler. post where they, they even put had her... Georgia on there. Yeah, I didn't understand that. that. I saw that post. I think it was was it Bleacher Report or ESPN had posted it. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was. I want to say it was Bleacher Report. Yeah, but which wouldn't really surprise me. I could see. I I see him going to one of those Big Ten or middle-of-the-pack conference teams, middle-of-the-pack within a Power 5 conference, if that makes sense. Yes. For example, I'm not saying I see him going to South Carolina, but a team like South Carolina or a team like Purdue, one of those teams that there won't be a lot of pressure on them. The, Go eight and four and we're happy. They would, they would yeah, and they would love, <laughs> they would love him too because they don't get a lot of those high-profile guys. And, you know, Caleb, Oklahoma can move on with Caleb Williams. I have Oklahoma at three, and it's because of the defense. I, I don't like their defense. It still gave up 31 points to TCU. It still gave up um, 346 yards uh, through the air and overall 529 yards. So... TCU still outgained Oklahoma, still um, outpassed them. They did. Almost 200 yards rushing. So they did get a turn. Oklahoma still did get a turnover. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. But it's still a defense that's still, it's still a defense that doesn't know how to tackle. It's still a defense that isn't very fast, that doesn't take great angles. And, and I won't sit here and lie and say that TCU did shoot themselves in the foot a couple times if you watch that game yeah and i just i i can't put them as a number two or number two team i i've seen with cincinnati desmond ritter is a first round pick 
top 10 pick I to to be more specific um they still have the defense they have a couple of marquee wins and I think this could be the first year that a non-power five team gets into the playoffs it's just been that kind of year and um I'm going to put them at number two. I mean, who else are you going to put at number two? I think Besides all Oklahoma. breaks loose before they let a, a, a non-power five team in there. We've seen them put in two SEC. I think we've seen them put in two big 10 teams before. Like it, I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. Cause I'm telling you in the big 10, whatever team makes it out of that, there is no way that they don't. If there is a team that makes it out of that with even one loss and wins the big 10 championship, there's not a chance they're not going to get put in. They had to go through Penn State, Ohio, Ohio State, both teams with one loss, Michigan and Michigan State, who are currently undefeated, and Iowa, who's only lost one game, and no, even Ohio Wisconsin, State. who doesn't look bad. So I don't, I don't know how any Wisconsin team looks bad. Wisconsin, I mean, they, they've, they've looked progressively worse. I'll give them that. Yeah. But I, I, I don't, I don't know how any team in the Big Ten that comes out of that with only one loss, even especially if it's Ohio State or Michigan, because that's just rating wise. They would love that they don't get put into the top four. So that's why I just can't put Cincinnati there. And I just really don't see them beating one of these teams head to head right now. Their best win is Notre Dame still. And that in Notre Dame, just not impressive to me either. I just, I don't think anybody's other than Georgia has been impressive weekend and week out to where yeah. They are a lock for a playoff team. I still think Oklahoma could lose down the road. I think with Caleb Williams, they are that much better. But, again, they could – Oh, yeah. I think they – depending on how they do the next couple of weeks, let me look at who Oklahoma plays in the next – I think Oklahoma – Kansas this Saturday. Then week after – so the week after they play Texas Tech, and then they have a bye when they play Oklahoma State. Even everything I said about Oklahoma being better and me putting them at number two, I still think if they make playoffs, they will do the same thing we've seen them do previously, which is fold. They'll not, they're not going to get past the playoffs. So I I mean, at least the first round, they're not making it to the national championship. I don't think. I really think it'd be the same result we've seen already with Kyler Murray and Baker. So yeah. But I do think they are a better team now. Like, so that's why I put them at two. And I just cannot believe in Cincinnati right now. That's why I have them at five, which people might hate. But okay. So go ahead and say your number three team, which is also my number four team. Um, my number three team, I moved Bama up. If if I was to put Cincinnati and switch them, Cincinnati would be at four anyway. I would only put them at Ohio State, I just really don't see, and maybe this is biased, I don't see Cincinnati beating Bama. I don't see Cincinnati beating Ohio State. I don't see Cincinnati beating UGA, definitely not. Maybe Oklahoma because Oklahoma, but I just, I don't I don't really see that happening. So Cincinnati's back. I put Bama at three. They looked better this weekend. I, I, I managed to be seen. We played Tennessee um this week I really want to see what Bama looks like against Auburn in what 
maybe two, three weeks. Yeah, maybe a month from now. Yeah, exactly. Because right now, LSU, they're going through everything. So I'm not sure how much that really means anything. New Mexico State. Okay. New Mexico State, you all already know. And then Arkansas, I think, could present a challenge. But by the time Bama gets to Arkansas, Arkansas they might have another loss. And I think that they're kind of on the decline. Is it in Arkansas or is it in Alabama? Um, I don't know. One second. Okay. It's in Alabama. It's in Alabama? Yeah. Then there might be – well, no. I don't think it'll be that much of a challenge. I was yeah, going to say if it was in Fayetteville, then – Arkansas has now lost three. Like, I think their they're kind of high road, their their high height has, has died, like, really quick. Yeah, and – Kind of a shame. I was kind of pulling for him after the Georgia game, but it is what it is. <laughs> I I agree. I agree putting Alabama at four, but then again, I'm not putting them any higher because I think Cincinnati could beat Oklahoma with how bad that Oklahoma defense is. I think I Desmond think they- Ritter can put them pick them apart. Alabama has one loss. I didn't see them losing to Texas A&M. I don't think anybody saw them losing to Texas A&M, but it happened. I don't think that Alabama is – it's no secret that they're not as dominant as years past. They, yes, had a big win. I think they're going to get only better because we know how Nick Saban is after losses. He did make a couple of changes to the defense like you said early on in the show but I don't know I I think that I put them at four because I think they would beat these other teams Mm -hmm. I have Ohio State right outside of the top four I think Alabama would beat them I every team it's about getting the four best teams in there and I think these are the four best teams as of right now. And understandable. Yeah. And I, I think th- Alabama is still one of the top four teams in the college in college football, even after an unranked loss. Okay. So wrap it up is Chase, Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama. No, Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama in order. Mm-hmm. Mine are Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, and then I have Cincinnati as the first out at number five. I put Ohio State at four. I, since that Oregon loss, their defense has looked better in every game to me. They've only allowed, like, I don't think they've allowed 21 points since then. I don't even think they've allowed, like, 18 points since then, honestly. So, But they've been playing worse opponents, of course. But I think they are starting to figure it out, and C.J. Stroud is making less – freshman like mistakes yeah so i think they could maybe push if they're the team to come out of the big 10 with only one loss and their defense is what it is at this point but i think that they can do just enough i i mean they're right back into it their only loss is against oregon and you know they still have home games against penn state they still have a home game against michigan state and they, they play can play michigan themselves. at the end of the season yeah all of those would be big time wins and they get lucky having those at home. So um, they're right back into the thick of things and could very well find themselves back in the top four by the end of this season. But let's go ahead and move on to the NBA. 
We already touched on the Ben Simmons saga. I just, even teammates are done with him. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Joel Embiid <coughs> press conference? He basically, he says, I don't care about that man. I didn't even see that. He said, I don't care about that man in his press conference. He goes off after he was kicked out of practice. Again, I've already touched on it. I've already said my piece about it. The NBA, to me, has the biggest divas out of any professional sport. The NBA has the biggest divas. I, I don't I just don't understand how yeah and, and I have to agree with you and it's because it's such a player-led league that they can get away with stuff exactly. like this so they they will do it so I mean and I just don't understand like if I'm Daryl Morey and I know that Ben Simmons has gone through all this stuff of of saying he's going to be at meetings and and not even showing up and canceling last second and and not talking to us for months and months, no communication. You've seen for five years now that he he doesn't have the will to go out and work on parts of his game that he can actually implement into an NBA game. I do not care what we've seen those videos. He's not working on stuff that he can actually try on an NBA game, not working on his confidence or his mental or none of that stuff. I don't know how you sit there and say, well, yeah, I hope we can get that guy back. Like, no, like what, like what is going through your head? He has made it so, so, so clear. He doesn't want to be there. And then you're forcing him to come back just because you can't find a trade. That's good enough that cause you want four or five first rounders and star players. That's not happening. You're too late. You should have done that last year when they were asking for James Harden for Ben Simmons, you had that chance. You had that chance when James Harden was trying to get out of Houston and he said he would go to the Sixers, and people were saying Ben Simmons trade, and they declined it. And now look at you. You you missed your shot. So I don't know what is going through Daryl Morey's head to make him think that, oh, yeah, we can bring Ben Simmons back, and he's going to act right. No, he's not. He doesn't want to be there. He, he does not want to be there. So not only is this Ben Simmons' fault, but this is Daryl Morey's fault, too. Like, the Sixers handled this terribly. Like And a one-game suspension, that's all you're going to give them. I would just tell him to stop, not show up until we get a trade for you. And yeah, you're right. They did have an, they'd had the opportunity with James Harden. They had the opportunity to get rid of him this year. I think the trailblazers wanted him. Or they could easily take CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, that's a good trade. That would help the Sixers too. So I don't, it just, to me, he's just, he's being stubborn at this point. Daryl Morey. They were just getting a little bit too big for their britches when they're trying to trade for, Ben Simmons get trying to get all of these players. He's not worth it. He's not no, worth all of these players. Not at he's all. not worth <laughs> any of these guys. I don't, he's not worth a first round draft pick. Get somebody a smaller market or even a bigger market. I mean, he might, hell, he might even do well in like a, a market different than Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I, I just, I've said it. I can only say it so many times. The NBA has the most divas of any sport in male professional sports. <laughs> and it's just getting annoying. Yeah. It's it just, good. it might be any sports, honestly. I ain't never seen anybody act like this, especially Ben Simmons, man. Like, it's just, I don't understand. And then the thing is, is like, 
And this is why I, I just feel like, yes, it's Ben Simmons' fault, but there were so many instances where it could have never reached this. It could have never got to this. They've been talking about Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid for at least like four years now about which one they should choose and which one they should build around because it was obvious at an early point when they were together that when they are on the same court. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When they're on the court at the same time, it doesn't really work. Joel Embiid is a center. He likes to be in the paint. Ben Simmons can't do anything outside of the paint. He is a point guard who can't do anything outside of that area. So I, it just, it was very obvious at an early time that that doesn't, that's just not going to work all the time. And they were saying, who should we build around? Who should we build around? Instead, they just put all shooters around him and thought it was going to be okay. And then when there's times where Ben Simmons has to be anything other than what he can do, we got what we got in the, in the, um, Eastern Conference semifinals. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so. amazing to me that the Sixers are there where they are because of Joel Embiid. It's not, I mean, during this quote unquote process, they have gotten so many first overall picks wrong. I mean, you talk about Nerland's Noel, you go back to Jahil Okafor. Oh my God, Okafor. Markel Foltz. These are guys that you, you they ruined Marco. Overall, you could have gotten like Jason Tatum. You could have got, I mean, they they're, they're both centered. You, you might have been able to put Jason Tatum at the four, but you could have gotten, I mean, you, there are so many guys you could have gotten to build around Joel Embiid. It is amazing that they were even a second, a second round choice or a second round team that, to be honest, was probably better than the Hawks last year. They, I just I, Ben Simmons lost them that series last year. I'm still convinced about that. Oh yeah, for sure. And and, and I like being able to say that Trey and the Hawks sent Ben Simmons into this, <laughs> like because yeah. it just looks good. Like it makes us look strong. Like hey, like <laughs> look at how bad the Hawks ruined the 76ers. Like look at them currently. What's going on? But in in all honesty like this is not funny like they need to get Ben Simmons out of there like this is just not gonna work I don't I don't know why they thought bringing him back was gonna work and the only reason Ben Simmons is back is because it is October and the season starts today if he was going to be playing basketball anywhere else he would be doing it and but the Sixers have denied him that opportunity so a one game suspension for everything that he's done and I know you got to go, so I'm just going to make this one point. It's one thing when your team is – when you're defending that man in the playoffs, I get that. He was probably incredibly un- – he was obviously unconfident because he was giving up wide-open dunks. But, I mean, it's another thing when it's the off season and you're still pull- putting up with his BS. Exactly. But you got anything else for us today? Um, I want to get my preseason pick to win it all. Okay. I don't want to get my preseason MVP. I think that could be a lot of people. Um, but preseason pick to win it all. I'm going to go with Bucks on a repeat. Suns just came out that they haven't even figured out their contract problems with DeAndre Ayton, that he's yeah. not happy with what's going on, that that situation is not looking good. Like they're probably going to move on. I didn't think they would repeat anyway. Warriors are back. I think Lakers got a lot better. Lakers still have things to figure out. 
They're a new team together. I don't think and then the Nets are still dealing with Kyrie. So right now, for me, it's Bucks win it again. Nothing's changed for the Bucks. It's the same team. And they're unselfish guys who've all got paid. And, and they've actually, other than Bobby Portis, they've gotten kind of better. So yeah, I don't know how you can not choose them at this point because you know the Hawks are there, but I I'm I don't think that they are really yeah, not quite. They're not a finals team yet. They can't will they be in two years? Sure. In the West, I don't trust the Lakers. I don't I think that I think it was a huge mistake for them to go out and get Russell Westbrook. I don't think it's gonna work out for him and LeBron together. I think that's a weird dynamic. Um I don't really know of anybody else from the West that I would really say maybe the Clippers go to the finals. I don't I don't know how much Kawhi is going to play because remember he tore his ACL last year right, in, that, right, yes. in, that, in that matchup. So I've kind of heard things saying that they don't think Kawhi is going to play until like February. So it, and everything it that I predicted in Brooklyn is, <laughs> is finally coming to fruition. I yeah, think KD right. is, is mm-hmm. great. That one, that's the one that I'm most proud of. This the <laughs> the thing that sounded most outlandish at the time, but it turns out to be true. I'm pretty yeah. proud of that Brooklyn. Yeah, you're right. Kyrie cannot do it, man. He I cannot. Think James Harden and Kevin Durant that they can get back to the Eastern Conference Finals if oh, yeah. they stay healthy. I, I think Eastern Conference Finals contenders: Hawks, Bucks, Nets, and that's actually a good three. thing. Like Hawks are because honestly, coming into the season, I wouldn't say the Hawks were. But I don't think the Celtics have gotten any better. And then the Nets without Kyrie, that now makes the Hawks a possible contender to me, too. With Kyrie, I don't think it gives the Hawks a chance because they're not. Oh, I'm going to go with Milwaukee again. I think it's a safer choice. I'm mm-hmm. going to agree with you. I think they repeat. I think this is setting up perfectly for Giannis. Give me Milwaukee. Yep. But guys, that's going to be the show for us today. I'll hopefully be back with a roundup of the NL and ALCS. Hopefully the Braves will have it wrapped up by the time I do another show. Justin and I, depending on your schedule, hopefully we can come back later this week if our weekly NFL picks, as well as maybe preview some of the NBA season because we didn't get to do a lot of that today. But for Justin this time, I'm Chase. This has been Let's Get It. Deuce, deuce.